Royal Stanley of Oregon Pacific Financial Advisors, offering securities through United Planner Financial Services. Member FINRA SIPC shares his planning approach to help people toward a place where they may be at peace regarding their financial goals. In this dynamic podcast, Royal will share his insights on how to design a retirement plan to help you plan for your future. Now on to the show. Hello and welcome to Life by Design with Royal Stanley of Oregon Pacific Financial Advisors. Good morning, Royal. How are you? I'm doing well. How are you doing, Eric? I'm great. I'm in my house. Where are you? <laughs> uh, in my house as well, uh, following the uh, stay home, stay healthy uh, rules we've implemented here in Oregon. Yes, yes. And I, 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 we should have them nationwide, but I still see people. My, my sister works at Walmart Royal, and she told me this weekend... It was the weirdest thing because all this other stuff is happening, but Walmart on the weekend, there were families, babies in strollers, old people walking around, and she's just like, what are you doing? Why are you here? They're like, they're window shopping. They're not even just going to get groceries and going home. They're, they're checking out clothes. They're looking at, you know, electronics. <laughs> this is real people. Would you please, would you just please go yeah. home? <laughs> so anyway, I don't know. Sorry. My rant is over. What are we talking about today? <laughs> <laughs> well, on a related topic, uh, I thought we'd spend today talking about the passage of the CARE Act. Now, this is the third major piece of legislation that was passed to fight uh, the COVID-19 and all of the kind of damage that we're creating to our economy mm. by implementing all this social distancing, shutting down businesses, shutting down restaurants. This is kind of the big legislation that uh, I think everyone was looking for to say, how do we bridge this gap? You know, yeah. The government's telling us we, that we need to shut down businesses you know, for the good of our populations, for the good of our healthcare systems. How do we make sure that businesses don't just uh, disappear completely mm -hmm. uh, as we go through however long this uh, quarantine slash social, social distancing measures last? So I think this, this was probably the most substantial piece of legislation we've seen up until this point. I, I know there's a lot of pundits out there who think there's there's going to be additional measures, and I would say that that's fairly likely. You know, hopefully we don't need to pass a two trillion dollar piece of legislation every mm. two or three weeks to uh, yeah. keep things going. But uh, it was definitely good to see, you know, with with a minimum amount of political wrangling and uh, political infighting, uh, really getting a bill like this passed in in a short amount of time. Now, there's a lot of pros and cons with passing a bill like that is there's definitely things in there that everyone is going to think, well, why did we do that? Mm -hmm. Why did we throw dollars uh, at this problem, this industry, these people? Uh, when you do a bill like this, you're, you, I think you're just trying to cover as many bases as possible. Yeah. And, you know, I think it's, it's just a, uh, in this divided world. Uh, to see us come together and, and really not make this uh, overly political uh, was definitely a, a positive thing. Because I think most people are, are at home right now, uh, you know, sacrificing their freedoms for the overall public good. And, uh, you know, it's just pretty amazing to see that. Yeah. You know, it's hard to find a silver lining a lot of times, Royal. But in this situation, for the last three years, we've heard nothing but fighting from Republican side, Democrat side. And it didn't matter what side you were on. They weren't talking to each other because just because, right? Well, we're Democrats, so we're not going to agree with that. We're Republicans, so we're not going to agree with that. I was just so tired. I was honestly, and this is just me, but I was just so tired of hearing it all the time. 
And for something to happen that's going to bring those two parties together to actually make good decisions and start working together, there's the only silver lining so far that I'm really, really seeing from this, except <laughs> for the fact that I get to spend more time with, you know, family. But man, there it's just, go. yeah, it's, it's nice to see that. And I've, I've heard nothing about the CARE Act. So I'm really, or CARES, is it CARES Act or CARE Act, Royal? It is the CARES Act. Right. And that stands for Coronavirus Aid, Relief, and Economic Security Act. All right. You know the government loves to put together and in <laughs> acronyms these bills. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. There's there's nothing they love more than doing that. So um but overall I think this is one of the most major pieces of legislation we've put together to fight a crisis like this ever. It is the largest uh kind of dwarfs anything that we passed in the 2008 uh kind of great recession. Mhm. So it'll be interesting to see how all this plays out and what the overall results will be from this of, you know, how many more pieces of legislation will have to follow this. But I, I think this does some, some good things for businesses to shore up businesses to make sure that they're able to weather the storm. And honestly, more importantly, keeping families going um, by expanding some of those benefits and mm-hmm. making tweaks to our system to allow people more flexibility to try to get through this indeterminate amount of time that we're going to have to continue, you know, uh, staying at home, uh, social distancing, et cetera. Got it. Yeah. All right. Let's get into it. Perfect. So on, on the business side of things, th- th- there's a whole myriad of um, programs out there for small business owners mm-hmm. and, and business owners, um, probably the best place to go to kind of get started with that is talking to your CPA uh, because there are so many different programs out there. You, you really almost need a guide to kind of help guide you through all the different uh, pieces of this legislation. Today, we're going to focus mainly on the individual, uh, as that's who most of our, our uh, listeners and clients are of what this really means to them uh, as individuals and and kind of what to expect from uh, the passage of this CARES Act. All right. Well, as an individual and a small business owner, I'm all ears. Perfect. This bill is really going to impact just about everybody. Uh, People who are already retired, Mm -hmm. people who are working, people who've been laid off, uh, or who are self-employed. I think one of the biggest things that we're seeing right now is the massive amounts of layoffs that have happened over the course of the month of March. Yeah. We're going to see that continue into April as businesses continue looking at their costs and their payroll and just start looking for ways of getting through this period of time. We're seeing an expansion there of, of unemployment benefits, uh, including uh, kind of an additional uh, cash benefit that's on top of your normal unemployment benefit to really help people kind of get through this time. It's uh, approximately $600 per week, uh, and I believe it's going to run for about a three- to four-month period there. So it's not a long-term benefit like uh, normal unemployment, which can run for up to 26 weeks. Mm-hmm. Uh, they have also gone back and expanded that. Um, uh, the length of time unemployment will run. But that extra cash benefit, I think, is there for people who were laid off uh, and might just need that additional help uh, uh, kind of getting through. Yeah. No, I mean, that's... Obviously, it's life changing. Whenever you lose a job or you you know you're you're laid off and you're put in a position like that, hopefully these companies are going to be able to bring people back. I remember my father uh, worked for Boeing, and there were uh, there were different times where people were laid off. You know, in in the many many years that he worked there, 
Uh, luckily, he was able to avoid most all of them because of his skill set and, and being able to move around a little bit. But those are very real situations that impact families for a very long time. Yeah. And I think the, these unemployment benefits are definitely a good thing because this is we're, we, we won't see the uh, kind of the speed and, and velocity of people being laid off. Uh, like this. Uh, you know, I don't think we've ever seen it in our history. Even with mm-hmm. the Great Depression, we had layoffs, but nothing that, that kind of took place in the course of, you know, 30 to 45 days like it, like we're seeing it unfold right now. Mm-hmm. So the other big piece of this is uh, the talk of sending checks to uh, individuals and families. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is really just a, a recovery benefit, regardless of your employment status, um, regardless of if you're retired or not. This is uh, somewhat means tested because they are going to look back and see how much did you earn in 2019, and that determines whether or not you're eligible for these recovery checks. Got it. For an individual, they're going to receive $1,200 from the government as a uh, payment. Uh, Basically, they're calling it a recovery rebate. Uh, You'll also get $500 per qualifying child as well. Now, to qualify for this $1,200 payment, your 2019 adjusted gross income had to be under $75,000. For a married couple, that, that income has to be below $150,000 mm-hmm. uh, for married filing jointly. All of those are going to be based on the 2019 reported income levels. Okay. So looking at, a, let's say, a family of two or uh, a married couple with two kids, uh, they're probably looking in the neighborhood of probably around $3,400 that they'll receive mm-hmm. from these advance payments. Wow. That's, yeah, that's very helpful. It is. It is. You know, I had, uh, I was on a, a local news station here recently and the uh, anchor asked me, well, uh, should people look to invest these, these funds they're receiving? And my, my, my initial reaction was just shock of just, no, put it, put it in the bank. We don't know how long this is going to last. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I think that's probably the best thing to do at this point is to just leave that cash on hand. If you don't need it, honestly, I think there's, there's probably some better things to do, such as maybe looking at making a donation to a food bank or another organization that might be helping people during this time of crisis, mm-hmm. you know, looking at maybe some, some organizations that support healthcare workers or, uh, provides the, that, uh, personal protection equipment to hospitals and doctor's offices, you know, there, there's just a lot of need out there. So, uh, I think looking at this and saying, Hey, let's turn this into an investment opportunity. I think it's a little short-sighted. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, I think there's some, some good that we can do with that in our communities. Yeah. The other big thing that we're, we're, we're seeing here for individuals, and I think there's probably some confusion here, is they have waived the 10% penalty for retirement funds if you have a COVID-related uh, distribution that you need to pull out of a 401k or an IRA if you're under the age of 59 and a half. Okay. So that's going to be available to individual taxpayers who are either diagnosed with COVID-19 whose spouse or dependent is diagnosed with COVID-19 or who suffers an adverse financial consequences because of, you know, a slowdown, a layoff, uh, a reduction of income because of everything going on here in, in the, in the world right now. So the interesting thing about this is yes, that is taxable income, but it's looking like the government is going to allow you 
to actually pay that back into your retirement plan over uh, the next three years. Okay. So it's almost like creating a loan that you can take if you are affected, pull it out, and then gives you time to get it back into the into the plan or the 401k over a three-year time frame. So uh, an interesting way of kind of freeing up some of those retirement dollars. The biggest thing I would say here is I think there's going to be a lot of people who are thinking a little too short-term. Mm-hmm. Uh, who maybe don't need that money, but maybe wanted to do some home improvements or something like that and say, oh, I can, I can take a loan from here and then pay it back. That gets really dangerous yeah. um, and is, is really pretty short-sighted. So if you're looking at doing doing something like this and taking a distribution like this, you really need to talk to you know your, your tax person. You need to talk to a financial advisor to really kind of line out, okay, what does this look like? Because not only are you pulling money out of your retirement plan, but you're pulling it out when the markets are down, you know, 20, 25, 30%. Mm-hmm. So you're already taking a haircut on that money as well. So your ability to kind of recoup that over time has somewhat disappeared. So yeah. we want to be really careful when we talk about this. Now, there are absolutely people who are going to need to take this distribution, you know, to keep their business afloat, to keep their family afloat. Uh, and I think it's a great opportunity for people to kind of assist them through this period of time. But uh, we just want people to be really careful and kind of go into this with eyes wide open to say, how does this affect your long-term future when it comes to planning for retirement? I completely understand the need to say, well, who cares about retirement? I just have to get through the next three months of no income. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's completely valid. But we just want to make sure that um, you know people are uh, are aware of kind of those pros and cons and, and uh, uh, well-equipped to make that decision. Yeah, absolutely. I've got a couple of questions for you, Royal, on that. Number one, you said you have three years to pay that back. I'm assuming when you say that, you're you're saying that, let's say they are gainfully employed again, their, their job calls them back, and they're putting into their 401k and they're reaching their maximum. You're saying that they can put it back so they're putting more in than what they're normally maximum allowed to put in per year, correct? Correct, correct. And yeah. This, this legislation was just passed last week. So the actual mechanism for doing that, mm-hmm. um, we don't have all the visibility on yet. Got it. Okay. But uh, we'll, we'll be seeing that come out as, you know, the, these bills, you know, Congress writes the bill and puts it into law and then kind of passes it off to the people who actually write the uh, rules and provisions mm-hmm, mm-hmm. of how to implement all this. Yeah. So, so do we have a total yet? I mean, how much can you take out? It's actually up to a hundred thousand dollars. Oh wow! Yeah, that should be. Hopefully, that would cover somebody for three months. <laughs> it would cover me. Well, for twelve months, Royal. Let's be honest. It would cover me for quite a while. So, okay, good, good to know. Thank you. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, de- definitely something we want people to be educated about. That's not something you just want to kind of do willy nilly, mm-hmm. because it it can be uh, uh, devastating depending on your your own individual situation. Yes. Yep. Absolutely. And you just don't want to miss out on the upswing of the market because what goes down usually does come up. You know, we've seen that exactly. time and time again. So good advice. So the the other big piece, and, and we're seeing this uh, uh, quite a bit in our practice, is uh, they have suspended required minimum distributions oh, for okay. the year 2020. Good. So what this means is if you're over the age of... Um, and they just changed the uh, the age rules here. So currently, it's if you're over the age of 72, you're required to take out a certain percentage of your qualified retirement account. So mm-hmm. 401k, traditional IRA, 403b. 
Uh, after 72, the, the government basically forces you to start taking distributions from those accounts. Mm -hmm. This year, they're, they're, they're basically suspending that rule. So that means that if you did need to pull out a certain sum of money in retirement, uh, you no longer have that requirement. So that really opens up people who are, were just taking out the minimum because that was a requirement and paying taxes on it. They're actually allowed to uh, leave that money in there and not worry about the required minimum distributions until uh, 2021. Great. Yeah, that's, that's a huge advantage. It really is because that's money that can just be left in, in a portfolio to to recover and grow. Mm -hmm. You know, it, it is a, a, a trade-off here. And, and one of the reasons why this bill starts to get so expensive is, you know, that is tax revenue the government is mess, missing out on. So, mm -hmm. you know, factoring in all these different pieces, it's it's uh, kind of no wonder it jumps up to uh, a $2, $2 trillion uh, bill pretty quickly. Yeah, absolutely. They have not changed the uh, qualified charitable distribution rules, however, uh, and that is if you want to make a uh, qualified charitable distribution from an IRA, which is not taxable, you can still do that if you're over the age of 70 and a half. So if there are some, you know, uh, nonprofits, churches, that sort of thing that you still want to give to, um, still looking at your IRA as a way of helping those uh, agencies is still a great way of, of, of looking to give. Great. That kind of leads us to our, our next point uh, of one of the changes that were made here was uh, they did look at uh, making changes to the way we do charitable giving uh, for this year. Uh, the first one was in the past, if you gave to charity, you would have to itemize uh, your deductions. Mm -hmm. That still holds true, but they've actually added a $300 above the line uh, deduction for charitable giving uh, in cash so that uh, you don't have to itemize. They're trying to encourage people to give to charities of their choice oh. uh, by making it easier for people to claim that deduction, which I think is great. They've also... What, what does uh, that mean? Well, the, let me go back. I'm sorry. What does that yeah. mean? $300 above the line deduction. What does that mean? So in the past, if you made a charitable deduction to, you know, church, food bank, you know, whatever, mm -hmm. You would have to uh, do a Schedule A and itemize that. That schedule would include, you know, your state and real estate taxes, uh, your medical expenses, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, that sort of thing. Uh, your 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 interest in your mortgage, and with the uh, uh, the Jobs Act, the tax cut that we passed back in two thousand seventeen. Um, they had increased the standard deductions up to such a level, you know, about twenty four, twenty five thousand dollars a year that mm -hmm. most people just stopped uh, doing that itemized deduction. Yes. So this way, this is a way for people to not have to fill out that Schedule A and probably not be able to even write those off. This is a way for them to give up to three hundred dollars in this year and still get the tax credit for it. Got it. All right. So up to three hundred dollars. Correct. Correct. Okay. Great. Anything above that would then roll over onto your, your Schedule A and you'd have to itemize. But mm -hmm. it's just something to kind of keep in mind there. Uh, there is a, an extra incentive to give uh, in 2020 because of that. Yep. All right. The, the other thing they did is when you itemize uh, your deductions, in the past, you've only been able to itemize up to 60% of your adjusted gross income. 
Um, so basically what that would mean is, you know, if you had, let's say, $20,000 of adjusted gross income, you could only deduct up to $12,000 of that in charitable giving. Mm-hmm. So they removed that. So now you can, you can actually deduct up to 100% uh, as an individual for cash gifts. Okay. Got it. So making that a little bit more, uh, more feasible. Now, obviously we're not tax professionals, but these are great questions to take to your, your, your tax professional mm-hmm. and say, Hey, I'm planning on making some gifts. Hey, I'm planning on, uh, you know, making some changes to how I'm taking RMDs, that sort of thing. All of these are great things to kind of take to your, your tax preparer because they're going to know how to kind of how that all flows onto your, uh, uh, tax return. Yeah, definitely. That's great advice. That's kind of the, the majority of the major uh, changes that we're seeing mm-hmm. for the individual. There's some other things that we'll just kind of point out. Uh, student loan deferments for six months for federally held student loans. Okay. You want to be careful and make sure that you have a, a federally held student loan before you stop making payments. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, you also want to be careful uh, and, and check with your loan provider if you're in one of the loan forgiveness programs because uh, I, I know there's some some intricacies there to qualify for those programs. So you just want to make sure that you're fully uh, aware of any consequences from skipping a payment or mm-hmm. doing anything like that that could, uh, could affect that loan forgiveness. Got it. All right. What else? The other thing, just to kind of make people aware of, this wasn't in the CARES Act, but one of the uh, previous uh, pieces of legislation is they did extend the tax filing deadline to July 15th. Uh, and the state of Oregon has done that as well. And I think other states are following along with that, uh, basically giving people an extra three months to finish and file their taxes, which uh, I think is is great for people who uh, uh, owe and they're going to have to write the government a check. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think uh, a lot of other people who are expecting a refund uh, uh, aren't waiting to uh, file their taxes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Well, how should people use these benefits? I know there's a lot in here and there's a lot you couldn't even cover in this podcast, but how should people best use these benefits that that they're hearing today? Great question. I think people really need to look at using these benefits as a way of getting through this current pandemic crisis that we're going through. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. That's really what the government's trying to do. It's not to enrich anyone or do anything like that. I think people just need to focus on getting through the next month, two, three, six, however long this, this current crisis lasts, we just need to be uh, kind of collectively working together to get through it. Yeah. Uh, you know, the government's given us some additional tools to help us get through this crisis. We need to make sure we utilize them and, you know, uh, hopefully uh, get good advice of, of how to make sure that we can get through the next few months. Mm-hmm. So that leads me to my next question. What are you telling your clients right now? So right now, my, my main conversation with clients is uh, looking at their own individual uh, situation. Mm-hmm. I've got clients that uh, own businesses. I've got clients that own restaurants, which are really struggling right now. Uh, I have clients who are retired and, you know, just kind of trying to get through it. I've got yeah. a couple of clients who are on lockdown in their retirement communities. You know, it's just a t- challenging time, but what we're doing with, with our clients is we're sitting down and coming up with an individualized plan of how to kind of navigate through all this, not make any major mistakes, 
try to get through these next few months looking at taking advantage of kind of the environment right now, whether it's putting money to to work that's been sitting on the sidelines. Mm -hmm. Uh, It could be refinancing your home as interest rates have come down so much. Uh, it could be leaving cash on hand or, or, or maybe making some tweaks to the portfolio to make sure that, that they have some extra cash flow if necessary to get through this. So we're really taking an individual uh, outlook with each of our clients of how best to navigate through all this. Yeah, I think that's great advice. Any closing thoughts for us today? None other than, you know, just stay healthy. Um, you know, I think this is a, a challenging time. It'll keep getting more challenging the longer this this goes on. My best wishes for everyone is to stay healthy, uh, stay sane, and uh, we'll see you again when this is all over. Absolutely. The stay sane, that's that's what I'm working on right now, Royal. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Thanks again, Royal, for your time today. And thank you all for listening to the Life by Design podcast with Royal Stanley. If you have not subscribed to the podcast yet, please click the subscribe now button below. This way, when Royal comes out with a new podcast, it'll show up directly on your listening device. This makes it much easier to share these podcasts with your friends and family. And this is great because you can share them digitally. You don't even have to be near your friends or family because they should be in their own homes, you know, staying away from you. Anywho, (laughs) thanks again for listening (laughs) today. For everyone at Oregon Pacific Financial Advisors, this is Eric Johnson reminding you to live your best day every day. And we'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to the Life by Design podcast. Click the subscribe button below to be notified when new episodes become available. The views expressed are those of the presenter and may not reflect the views of United Planner Financial Services. Material discussed is meant to provide general information and is not to be construed as specific investment, tax, or legal advice. Individual needs vary and require consideration of your unique objectives and financial situation. Always seek the advice of your financial advisor or other qualified financial service provider with any questions you may have regarding your investment planning. Advisory services offered through Oregon Pacific Financial Advisors, Inc. Securities offered through United Planner Financial Services of America, member FINRA and SIPC. Oregon Pacific Financial Advisors, Inc. and United Planners Financial Services are independent companies.